Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. former uh tna alumni yeah i mean everybody at some point shows up (laughs) i think every wrestler or non-wrestler is uh at one point a tna alumnus yeah um but yeah uh it is friday july 30th uh so that means it's time to talk about some impact from last night heck yeah uh i am ryan i'm angelo your deep six champion and yeah, I guess we should just start off with some wrestling news with the whole CM Punk stuff floating around. Um, I'm just excited. I mean, I'm I'm driving in my girlfriend's car and I'm blasting Killswitch Engage. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, that's fair, dude. I'm 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 <laughs> very excited to see CM Punk back in the ring, and I think it's interesting to see all the people who are like talking about like oh i might get I, like i'm gonna check out AEW for the first time because like i stopped watching once punk left wwe uh and then the people who are like oh well if cm punk beats anybody in AEW, it makes them lose credibility because last time anybody saw cm punk he was getting beat up by jobbers in ufc and yeah no that's nonsense i, I don't care yeah. about what they did in ufc and i don't think yeah. will after no. like a couple weeks in AEW, yeah, I like nobody cares about like Brock Lesnar's last like few matches in UFC or any of his losses. They only yeah. talk about his wrestling wins. fans won't care. It's, no, it's, yeah, it's they only care about when when people win, um, yeah. and and like they hype up the stuff. Yeah, CM Punk was hyped up for UFC, but like if if anybody paid attention, there's no way. Somebody who had trained for like two years in their late thirties, early forties was going to be like the next big thing in UFC. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't realistic for him. I wasn't, I you know, I would imagine most sensible people weren't actually disappointed. It was realistic that he wasn't gonna succeed. He was probably a little worse than anticipated, but uh, as you said, someone that like wasn't a combat fighter really beforehand, and you know, wrestling is tough, but. Uh, Brock Lesnar was an actual amateur wrestler beforehand. Ken Shamrock is, you know, an actual badass. So there's differences. Like Bobby Lashley was a great amateur wrestler. There's people that have transitioned and have done MMA successfully, but usually they have a background of something else before where great CM Punk is as an athlete. He, you know, really was just an indie wrestler and then went to WWE. So, yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great. Pro wrestler, not amateur wrestler, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It, I think AEW is a good landing spot for him. It puts it's gonna put a lot of butts in the seats, um, and gonna 
probably help sell out a lot of uh, shows for as long as he's there. Um, and I mean, even if he's not like going to be a wrestler 24 seven in AEW, even if he's just like announcing or managing people, like, or he, he like just, he, he doesn't have to wrestle week in week out. As long as he's there, people are going to tune in because he's magic on the mic and he, he's a big drawing power. I do disagree. I think he's got to wrestle if, if AEW wants to get the full, like. No, 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 I, I, I agree. He has to wrestle, but like not ever. Like he, I feel like it's gonna be one of those like he's not gonna wrestle. Every, he's not gonna be Jungle Boy wrestling fifty times, fifty sixty times in two years. No, but um, uh, he's, I would imagine in singles shows, matches at least. I would imagine he wrestles more than Sting, but probably right yes, about where fair. Cage is or Matt Hardy is. That's fair. That's a that's a good that's a good point. So, um, who would like? I, I know everybody probably has their dream matches. If you could have one match, CM Punk in AEW with somebody in AEW currently, not like Ooh, somebody who might show up. Who would you that, choose? That is a tough one. I I don't even know. I'm just I'm just excited to see CM Punk by himself. I mean. Him going against Adam Page already sounds pretty incredible. I think that would be a very well-gelled storyline. Whether or not CM Punk, you know, evolves into a heel or face, I guess is to be seen. But, you know, I think Mm. Adam Page would offer a great matchup with someone that's not already like a, you know, superstar from somewhere else. Like Adam Page is basically as homegrown as it gets. So I'd like to see that. Sure, he's had he's had success elsewhere, but he's not Kenny Omega. That's you know a world champion in Japan, right? Christian Cage, it's a Hall of Fame wrestler. So I I think someone like an Adam Page would be perfect. Yeah, um, I I would also go with somebody who's probably not like the top guy right now. Um, I would really like to see him versus uh, Jungle Boy, just because Jungle Boy matches up with basically everybody really well. Um. He's just fantastic. But if I had to go, actually, number one dream match, him versus MJF. Um, just for That's the promos happen. leading up to it. That's got to happen. Him and Punk on the mic battling each other for like the lead up to a pay-per-view would be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, no. like Allow them both. It's good because like, you've got like these non-scripted promos to some extent like i'm sure there's a little bit of scripting going on but not like the hey let's pretend to act like everybody is really dumb and like dumb every word down for them or ignore the basics yeah different is cm punk versus doing yeah he had the scripts to the wrestlers the wrestlers go out there It's been noted known now that these wrestlers actually are working on their own character development, deciding what I'm sure. Yeah, doing this, just given a script. They're not told 20 minutes right. before, like go out there, do this promo. They they have yeah. they they're doing it themselves. So I think allowing CM Punk that flexibility, MJF obviously has that flexibility now. It, it would it'd be money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other outside CM Punk news, uh, we have 
an impact person who is now calling himself the king of the death match as Matt Cardona after <laughs> beating the self-proclaimed king of the death match himself, Nick Gage, um, at GCW's homecoming, uh, which has some of the greatest shots in like outside of a main, uh, like big mainstream company, uh, like coming out of it, like the images of Cardona's like just blood soaked shirt. Um, that's him standing in the middle of the ring with the belt just getting pelted by every item under the sun. Um, him uh, <laughs> just like the bed that he slept in the night after the night of and how much blood he lost in, uh, from it. Um, oh, really? In Saints, yeah. Uh, like he, he had to wrap a sheet around his arm to like stop oh. the bleeding. And My then yeah, and he like posted pictures of his bed, and it was it looked like a murder scene. Oh, uh, he's alive! Yes. Yeah, um, and yeah, people. I think this was probably turned into one of the weirdest but greatest feuds of the year. Um, just Matt Cardona, not just against Nick Gage, but against all of GCW at this point. Um, is probably the feud that nobody expected ever to happen. Uh, and it's delivered. Yes, there was a shit ton of shenanigans to help Cardona win with somebody dressed as Chris Jericho coming out with uh, Judas playing over the loudspeakers. And then uh, some one of the factions, 44OH, coming out and attacking Gage. And Ricky Shane Page coming out to help Nick Gage just to turn on Nick Gage and help Cardona win. Uh, so there's a lot of shenanigans to help Cardona, um, which I'm sure some people will be like, oh, that's too much. But like the he's embraced this. Like the, the fact that this man decided, hey, I've been like a baby face all my life. Let me go into the most hostile place I could possibly go to. And actually have an extreme death match type of match like uh, just embrace this heel persona of just me being the wwe like molded man uh coming into gcw to take the title off of like their king uh i think it's it was absolutely brilliantly worked uh, and some of the merch that Cardona has been putting out from this is just phenomenal. <laughs> I do agree with the merch, yeah. But yeah, as you said, um, Zack Ryder was, you know, what you would consider a very clean cut golden boy. You know, the internet champion. He was kind of innovative in that sense, but he really, he was just a curtain jerker type of persona and was very clean cut. Wasn't given much, you know, freeway with what he could say on the mic, I'm sure. You know, not, nothing really uh, shocked you when he was in WWE between like what he did in the ring, what he said on the mic. There was nothing that he was really probably allowed to do more outside of, you know, being the Internet champion. He really tried to think outside the box there. And, and you could tell like that was his personality. He wanted to be more than just uh, what he was in WWE. So I'm glad to see that he's doing it. I mean, it's it's huge for pro wrestling. He's one of the many pieces right now to just show why. Pro wrestling is awesome right now outside of WWE. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It'll be interesting to see if 
it's ever mentioned on any of these impact shows that they taped uh, or, or that uh, like in the future about him being the king of the death match uh, and the GCW champ, just because like, obviously these tapings happened before that match yeah. happened. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if any of that gets referenced, uh, especially with somebody. Uh, I don't see their paths crossing in that way, but uh, since they do have their own impact does have their own kind of death match guy and Sammy, uh, it'd be interesting to see if <laughs> you have like a crossover there. Once he's um, done with Omega, just trade Sammy to GCW. Just leave him there. There you go. That's that's I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, he can take the title off of Cardona at an impact show. Yeah, exactly. Let him there you go. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let's get into this impact show. Um, impact. Yeah, so starting off the night with probably the most anticipated match of the night, we had Jay White and Chris Bay. Jay White wrestling in a goddamn impact wrestling ring. Uh Versus the Good Brothers. And this was a good match. I yep. enjoyed it. Granted, um, I mean, Jay White, I'm sure he's not trying to hurt himself here. Like, he, he really didn't do too much wrestling. Correct me if yes. I'm wrong. He, yeah. he, he tagged in for a little bit, but Chris Bay carried the match for that half. Yeah. Game. Yeah, this was more just Jay White kind of teaching slash mentoring uh, Chris Bay, trying to see what he can do. Um he got a little offense in just to like make the crowd pop. Um, and then it was the Chris Bay show. Um, but Chris Bay ends up falling short. Jay White does not come in to break up the pin. Uh, it is clearly shown that he is in the corner looking, just watching well, the pin he happen. He was gonna, Luke Gallows is standing right in front of him. Yeah. But I think, yeah. Um, but you can also go with the whole, like, this is like a trial by fire idea of just, like, if you're going to lose, like, I'm not going to, like, you're not always going to have all Bullet Club with you, especially if you're going to be just staying in, in impact. Like, we're not always going to be here. Um, yeah. But this wouldn't be the end of our Chris Bay and Jay White stuff. But I, I thought this was a very interesting idea, having Jay... Uh, and Chris take the loss here. It made sense logically because yeah. like Jay isn't going to stick or isn't sticking around long. Um, Chris it, this, is a nobody. singles guy. So, yeah, no. This yeah, made, this hel- this helps me. Yeah, this just yeah. helps make the Good Brothers look good as champs. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, I know there's people who have complained about it, but no, I think it's just they're right. so used to like oh. A big name is here. He has to win. No, no, he's yeah. he, sorry. He, he, he's to... not here for impact. He's here for this. Is a new Japan venture that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you want that, go to WWE. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I, that was perfect. Like, you, you gotta you know represent your champs well. So the Good Brothers shouldn't lose to a team as great as these two wrestlers are individually. They shouldn't lose to a team that just forms that day. Yes. Um, after this, we have Taylor Wilde versus Caleb. With a K. And yeah, your gender wrestling. Yeah. Um, Taylor Wilde comes out, and uh, I'm going to say it again. The crowd went super mild for somebody who 
Missouri is, is again hyped up as like a a T and in or a TNA legend in the knockouts division. Uh, I was expecting more of a like I know the last time we talked about this, it was like okay, well it was just a run in, but like this we had the entrance, everything like there was clapping along with her theme song, but like there wasn't like this big pop for somebody who hasn't been in front of a crowd in Impact for over a decade. Yeah, I mean, she's no CM Punk here. It's, it's no. Taylor, Taylor Miles. Um, she was great for her run in Impact in the beginning, and she's really got to prove herself again. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, this wasn't anything to write home about. There was a good spot uh, where ta- uh, Caleb put Taylor uh, on the top turnbuckle, and Caleb, or Taylor turned it into like a Hurricane Rana type move. Um, I thought that was good. Uh, she had a good... Uh, DDT. She was selling pretty well, I must say. Yes. Caleb was beating the crap out of her. Which Caleb is... Caleb got a lot of good heat here. Um, yeah. Just like celebrating any offense he got like a madman. Um, yeah. Uh, that This ended with Taylor Wilde winning. Um, I don't think there was anybody. What's that one thinking... move called? Is that a Frankensteiner that she hit off the? Board? Yes, yes, yes. The that's what I was trying to say when I said the yeah. Hurricane Rana. It was a Frankenstein. Yeah, yes. it's a Frankenstein. I was like, "What the heck is she going for?" And like that was that was pretty cool. And then she basically won from there. But yeah, there was she ended up winning with a uh, German suplex. Yeah, right. A bridge. Yeah, a bridge <laughs> into the suplex and yeah. bridge in. Easy enough. I mean, she is a good talent in the ring. You yes. haven't seen it recently. That's just it is what it is. So we'll see a lot more of it, I'm sure, going forward. Yep. Um, after this, we have um, backstage Jay White talking to Chris, with Chris Bay. Chris apologizing, saying it was his fault. Um, that he he was trying to make an impression in his first match in the Bullet Club, and Jay stops him and says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We never officially made you part of Bullet Club. We just put an offer out there." You had to prove it to us, and maybe I was mistaken. Maybe you're not up to this after tonight. Uh, and then Jay, Jay says that uh, he, he's always been a man of uh, redemption arcs, uh, and uh, he has an idea to help, uh, for Chris Bay to redeem himself, um, which let it be known, uh, everybody kind of like online made jokes about this. Uh, this line solely because Jay does not like redemption arcs in New Japan. Like um, he's always the guy that like tries to spoil them. Like uh, he's always the guy that New Japan throws out. Like in the the beginning of like a oh man this person's le- getting their redemption from from a big loss. Here comes Jay White and Bullet Club to kill all that momentum. Oh, um, okay. So a little, little it's the new uh, man. It's the U.S. It's yeah. The product. Yeah. Also, not a fan of like when when Bullet Club fails. He, he's believed that's part of the reason why, why uh, he overthrew Bullet Club or overthrew Kenny Omega uh, was because they kept on losing. So, uh, yeah. Um, after this, um, we got our eight man tag match between Shira, Rohit. Uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus Falaba, Juice Robinson, David Finley, and No Way, the former No Way Jose. 
Um, What's his name? Does he have a name right now? It is just No Way. Oh, okay. That was kind yeah. of confusing. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the, the crowd is chanting No Way Jose. And, right. Like, people backstage have referred to him as No Way Jose. But he's just being announced as No Way. And, yeah, definitely a confusing thing when, like, you're, that, that's a really bad name for, for somebody. Just You don't need to have a name anymore. Just No Way. That's pretty trash, but he might not be here long. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that. Uh, I think we everybody can agree. Nobody was thinking that this was the match for No Way Jose to sh- make a shining impact. This was a match for Finn Juice to stake their claim as to why the hell they're back in Impact. Um, and so the, Finley had some really good offense. Uh, in here, he carried most of this match for them. Juice had some in- offense. Falaba got some really big pops for no oh, apparent reason. He, he's a fan favorite. He, he probably had one of the best pops of the night. Yeah. Uh, Especially, and... he was the best pop, I think, so far in the night. Like, I think he got more cheers than, um, like, the one girl yelling for Taylor Mild. Uh, or, oh, my you know, gosh, yes. Or even really, he got more cheers than, like, that Good Brothers match, I felt like. Yeah, crowd was loving it, but you know, I got thinking back to like live events we've been to, like th- that big goofy guy is always going to get good good cheers, or like cheeseburger and Ring of Honor, like that's yes. the guy fans love, you know. Yes. Blah, blah, blah is that guy? Like he's going to put in a couple silly moves on offense, do a Samoan and drop, and people are hype. So yeah, somebody on the Twitch chat uh, during this match was like, "I don't get how the fans love." love this guy do they not remember when he came in as the monster heel and was just ruining every match and like beating the crap out of everybody i was i, I was like Falaba, no. this goofy ass man who nobody takes seriously a monster heel i can't say it i don't think so I, it, <laughs> that was what he was in his former days i i don't know anything about it so yeah <laughs> um i do have to say uh this there was a lot of wild spots in this match um, we had Madman Fulton doing like a, um, like a dive off the top rope onto the, I think it was, I forget who it was. It might have been No Way, um, uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh, crowd went wild for that because big man jumping off the top rope always a good thing to see. Um, yeah. We had. Um, David Finley and Juice just throwing themselves to the wind. Ace Austin diving off of uh, uh, onto everybody. Uh, Rohit getting cheers and then trying to immediately stop the cheers by doing something heelish. Uh, Shira existing. Um, and David Finley picking up a win. Um, nobody, I, and I, I mean nobody, saw, I, I think, saw any other outcome than Finn Juice picking up a win here. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I guess just uh, just to talk about something else, why not, right? Shira's yeah. definitely, yeah. I would say, probably a little disappointing since, yes. like, he, he definitely, like, you know, he fits the bill of, like, what you want to look for, like a big sweaty man, as Vince McMahon likes. But, um, you know, really hasn't really hasn't stuck out outside of, like, really just being the big guy behind Rohit. And really, same thing, like, Madman Fulton, like, he, he you could see his talents, so, like, sure, behind Ace Austin, and he's not really going to do anything besides, like, lose to people Ace Austin's going to beat. 
that the talent is there. He, he has that, like, he has the mic skills, the in-ring skills. R- Rashira, I'm just not seeing it right now. It's a shame because... him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I, I think that definitely um, Fulton is the bigger or the better of the big men with that that alliance um and it's good to see like even like the sing the few singles matches we've seen with fulton and the few singles matches we've seen of shira fulton just shines above shira um and yeah shira works as like a good like just menacing evil baby or uh heel like enforcer but other than that he he's nothing he he is not doing anything to be like man why why are you here yeah, well, because it's it's Shira came back. Yes, impact for a while. He's gonna do one of those like big, big sweaty deals, and he really just relegated. Like, yeah, I think he got like an push, and then Impact was like, never mind, we'll just have him behind Bro Heat. And yeah, Fulton, but you could see the upside with Fulton. Like, there, there's a lot. This is his peak role play. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, afterwards, um, uh, we will go to commercial after the commercial, um, we've got Finley and, uh, juice backstage. Uh, and they say that they are, they're not just here, that Finley is here, uh, to one for the match against Jay White at resurgence, but in the long run, they want to get the titles they, uh, uh, back, um, that they are here for in impact for a while. Uh, and they won the titles, and then Chris Bay and Ju- er, and Jay uh, beat them down, um, and they throw Juice out of the arena, uh, and then Jay gets like a like a supply cart or a maintenance cart, and just runs it into the face of uh, Finley and the chest of Finley, uh, and they lay them out, uh, and yeah, uh, obviously. Jay is here for one thing and one thing only, or two things. One is bringing Chris Bay into Bullet Club, it seems, and two is to help promote his match at Resurgence uh, against uh, David Finley. So this this helped do both of those things. Backstage segment. I admit, and I'm trying to feel on here. I still feel like I said it last week. I still feel a little. Yeah. Is what it is. I just, you know, I don't know the storyline behind them. I don't know anything. The nuances. You, you've explained it to me, and like, sure, but I'm, I'm so accustomed to like having watched the storyline unfold. So, like, I, I haven't watched New Japan, or especially what they've done in New Japan. So, I'm a little behind, but it's okay. They're talented guys, and whatever they do, going forward. Yeah. With um, said, after that. No, no, I, I was going to move on to our next thing, but what do you, what do you want to say? Here. So, you know, because I'm so accustomed to, you know, watching a WWE storyline or watching an Impact storyline or from the old day storylines. Like, it's just, you're seeing everything in those two hours or three hours of a show. Um, but maybe that's like, this is the indie way. Like, you kind of have people come in with their storylines already built in. And that's what Impact has definitely been doing this past year is what Impact is doing now probably more important to the wrestling business than what they were doing in 2008 by just hiring. Like, granted, their viewership was so much better 
in 2008, 2009, 2010, but they were just rehashing old crap with NWO and getting Booker T and, and all these old guys like on you know the last leg of their career, where now Impact is that bridge for wrestling. It feels like it's pulling together AEW and New Japan and I guess GCW now, but it, it, there's a lot happening that's like, I think more important for wrestling than what was going on where they were just trying to be the second best show many years ago. What do you think about that? I'd agree with that. Um, I think that while while you pointed out a really good point, the Impact's viewership isn't as high as it used to be. We, we uh, being myself, you, Pat, Joey, whoever's on these things, I have all pointed out that like access is, is not the channel for Impact uh, to grow. Uh, it's not viable everywhere. It's only on like three different cable stations. Um, yeah, that's like true. I don't like I don't have it down in Florida. Like it's not on Spectrum down in Florida, um, but like it's it's in the Northeast. Uh, it's on FiOS. It's on DirecTV, and then that's about it. So like there is a large portion of the country that just doesn't get this, and yeah, it's definitely like it, it's obviously not the Spike TV days <laughs> where it's on a channel that anybody could get basically. Um. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I I think that this is a much better way, route to go, where they're just going to help one build storylines elsewhere, um, for some of the bigger guys that come in and out. Uh, but two, being a place where anybody can just show up, uh, even if it's just for a week or two, or a month and a half, or two months, or in the case of Kenny Omega being there for basically a year now almost uh i think we're closing in on like 10 months i think he, he showed up first in december so uh eight nine months at this point uh and no end in sight for him so yeah yeah, um, yeah i think it's just healthier overall for the, the wrestling industry like back in the day it was more about like they had they had their homegrown talent but when they started like trying to really compete with wwe it was Hijack the show, you know, and like yeah. those are old guys on their way out. It wasn't helping the industry in any way. Where this is like really, like they're they're bridging the gap. They're letting young talent really grow and succeed. And like Tommy Dreamer, he's just a backstage guy. If this was 2011, he would be like the world champ right now. I yeah. feel like so. Yeah, like the the only time we've seen Dreamer even in a title picture was when Rich Swan gifted him one for his like 30 years in the business match. Exactly. Um, and it, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely prefer the way Impact is going about things currently than yeah. the old time show of just, hey, you want to relive your glory days, Ric Flair? Come on down. Yeah, you can't exactly. It, it was it was glory day reliving it, where you know you had Hulk Hogan in the main event of Bound for Glory, basically like just trying to do a leg drop and then ha- immediately having to have back surgery. <laughs> yeah, like. It's a very different product now, and it's really for the better of the health of the wrestling industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some other key moments backstage that I may or, or I don't remember the order of them, but I just have them written down. Um, we had Deanna Perrazzo, uh announcing that she is in Homecoming's tag 
mixed tag tournament. She and declares she is going to win with a mystery partner that everybody will find out who it will be on Saturday. Brock coming is Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be something. <laughs> um, but then she also brings up that she has been training uh, extra hard with somebody new and it is one of the Invicta or Invictus champ uh, like champions the female MMA promotion that Anthem bought like a few months ago and so she comes out and uh, they talk about like her backstory about how she's been like working in MMA and like different types of martial arts for over 20 years Uh, and this person I don't remember her name I'm sorry uh, puts over Diana as one of the best people that she's ever seen uh, train and that she's picking everything up so easily uh, and that it's going to be difficult for anybody in any company to be able to beat her. Uh, and then they point out that she's got two huge matches coming up in different promotions, uh, including her match at Empower that she still doesn't know the opponent for. Um for the NWA show, and then also uh, competing at Triple A's Triple Mania uh, in a title versus title match uh, for their women's title. Yeah, wow. Uh, so we do get all th- we we've get three four different companies all linked in this match or in in this backstage segment. Um, yeah, with Impact. Yeah, and this is like our first real segue into this whole Invicta thing. Um, to see if anybody else shows up. Like they've at, at a, what was it? Slammiversary. They had one of their champs at ringside and they pointed her out. Um, but this is like our first time that we're like having an interview and like having them hype up somebody. So it's an interesting partner partnership and it's automatically more investing. Like if this is going to be like a full-time thing with Deanna being with this person, um, it's a good segue into that uh, that other uh, the MMA uh, promotion, but also it makes Diana's like enforcer look more or be more uh, credible than Kimber and Susan, who had just been there and always lost when they weren't with Diana. So that's true. Um, other stuff backstage that we got, we got another prom uh, vignette for. The Drama King, um, still no date for when he shows up. Uh, and then also we had uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis with Gia. Uh, Don saying that he was very excited for what happened today, um, that this was one of the best days in Impact's history and his history with Impact uh, because the Good Brothers beat Jay White and Chris Bay. Kenny is still the champ. There's nobody in line for his title so Kenny can do whatever he wants and because Don and Kenny are in such a good mood Don is going to bring out Kenny for an interview with Gia for the first time and Kenny comes out and thinks that Gia is just a fangirl for him Um, and Don was like no she's here for an interview Uh, and then out comes Tommy Dreamer who said hey you know what um you, the Good Brothers, uh, you guys have a, a match next week against uh, some people. Um, and also um, at uh, Emergence, which is coming up at some point, 
Uh, I think they didn't say at Emergence. I'm sorry. Said in two weeks, uh, there's going to be a battle royal for uh, who is the next contender for Omega's belt. And I believe that match will be at Emergence. Um, will be whoever wins that battle royal in two weeks versus Kenny. And Don and Kenny are very upset about this. Um, and they say that they have to go to the ring. And we go to the ring, and they come out with Good Brothers, and Sammy Callahan shows up, and who else comes up? But your boy, yeah, Frankie Kazarian, uh, who he got a very loud pop, obviously because <laughs> yeah, TNA TNA original. Um, this was great to see. Uh, Kaz back in the impact zone. Um, Kaz has been killing it uh, with this new elite hunter gimmick. I think the gimmick is stupid, but it's showing off that he still can go really well in the ring. He's still beloved by basically everybody. Um, And he's obviously not going to, I don't see him ever getting a title shot against Omega um, unless he like wins like a fluke thing. Um, But he's, automatically positioned kind of towards the upper mid card in AEW just because he's like going after all of the elite, uh, which is a great uh, transition for him from uh, tag team guy to upper mid card wrestler uh, who can still perform really well in the ring. Um, and yeah, we've got Frankie and we've got uh, Sammy who now teamed up uh, to go against the elite in impact for a match next week. Uh, I thought this was a really good segment. Yeah. Great. Kaz has to be uh, one of my favorite people that have a title. Yeah. A hot take, yeah. but just personally, he's one of my favorite people. I mean, he's, he's always been so close in, in the early days of TNA. He like he even had a, against Christian. Um, he's always, he's been a solid tag team. And now, obviously, he's he's an integral part of AEW, whether you remember it or not. He was their first champion, really just working solo or one-on-one as a team. Daniel, you know, build up to a final match with an athlete killer. So he's just always a important cog in the wrestling industry, I feel like, wherever he is. Yes, 100%. Um. After this, they go backstage with Tommy Dreamer, um, and they. It, this is where Dreamer confirms that this is going to be a six-man match next week. It's going to be the uh, the elite, the good who are the Good Brothers and Omega versus Sammy, Kaz, and a person of their choosing. They both choose Dreamer, uh, and Dreamer declines, saying he thinks there's somebody better for it, um, and that uh, he's a a little too old uh, to get involved with these guys. Um, And I I, I tend to agree. I think that if Dreamer was in that match, it would just be like, okay, well, the the team that just formed to go up against these guys who have all been getting screwed by the elite uh, are going to lose because Dreamer's eating a pen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't want to guarantee it. Yeah. Um, After this... 
Um, we did have Josh Alexander sitting in a room um, and basically just says like, hey, you know, I've, I've put this company on my back. I want the best competition. Like some people might, you know, have an ultimate X match and, you know, want to like heal up from their injuries, but I'm already fighting for my next competitor. I, I want, I want some, somebody new, somebody fresh. Uh, Scott comes in and says, you know what? I, I wasn't booking you in matches because I thought you needed to rest, but you saying this, I've got a perfect match for homecoming. It'll be you versus black Tarus. Um And this is a match I'm really looking forward to because we've both been very high on black Tarus. Um, when he first came in, Black Cruz, though, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it's like right now he's been on. TV yeah, um, I think this is just them trying to refurbish this whole idea of like, look at all the people that are coming into our company, especially with Bound for Glory coming up uh, in a few months, where like they're advertising all these different companies coming in. I think they're going to try to highlight these uh, a little bit more. That's true. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, I think this is a really good matchup for Alexander because again, like we've seen him hang with the technical flippy guys, uh, in the X division. And now we've got black Truce getting a big singles match, probably the biggest singles match since he's come back to impact. Oh, no doubt. Um, and their two styles look like they should mesh really well. Yeah, this will be a definitely fun match. I don't expect an upset out of this, but it'll be a fun match nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after this, we got Violent by Design versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Um, and uh, Violent by Design was represented by Diener and Rhino. Um, this was a fine match. I did not care for it that much. And I think this was, this wasn't their fault. It was more of just what was going on at the time in my house with <laughs> the animals running amok and then Jim yeah. calling. Um, so I had a lot of things going on, but, uh, personal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really care about this feud to begin with just because it felt, I don't know. It, it kind of felt rushed to me. To be like, okay, we just lost the titles. Instead of going back for our titles, let's go after Rich Swan and Willie Mack and claim that they uh, ruined our title, our title reign. You, um, you know, this would feel better if Eric Young was healthy. I think that's just yes, because Eric Young and Rich Swan have that beef. Yes, a hundred percent. So that that's what's missing, I think. Yes. Yes. It's the circumstance, but um, you know what? And, and same same idea. And even if it wasn't with Eric Young, if if this match was happening six months or a year ago, this would be probably one of the biggest storylines in Impact. But just so much has happened in the past, yes, that it's it's getting a little overshadowed. And, and nothing wrong with it, but Violent by Design is nowhere near the importance it was a few months ago. Yeah, um, I think this is it's it's a shame. I think. Not because, and I, I think Violent by Design has been fine. I just think their booking has been meh. Um, like they won the titles in a very shocking fashion. Uh, they had their, I believe, and one def- Yeah, uh, I think they had one defense, and then they had a multi-man match, which they lost to a team that 
got into the multi-man match solely because their names are Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Um, so it felt like a very rushed title reign for a team that, you know, yeah. looks, looked and is like supposed to be like this big heel group of just like, we don't care about the rules. We're just going to beat up everybody. It's either join us or we're going to beat you. Uh, whereas like the, the elite, like you can say the same thing, like, oh, they're a mega heel group, but they're not the same way. Like Gallows, Anderson and Kenny aren't like going out of their way to like just attack everybody. They're more like it, nobody is on our level and anybody who gets close to our level, we're just going to beat down. But only certain people because we only see certain people being threats to that. Like they didn't think Rich Swan was a threat. For the most part, they didn't think Moose was a threat, but they thought Sammy was a threat, so they beat him up a lot. Um, it's just hard. They're, they're yeah. elevated so high right now, and you know they, they lost the titles to a team that, you know, it feels weird to have the Good Brothers here without the titles, honestly. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's a tough pickle for them, because they, they've done everything right. The promos Eric Young have been doing have been great. The vignettes, I should say. Um it's just, it's just a tough spot. That's all I could say. I mean, you don't – like, Cody Diener's not the guy, like, the best guy on the team, and you really can't have Joe Doring as an guy. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, can you have one of these guys go against Josh Alexander? It's hard without Eric Young healthy. That, that's fair. It's, it's just really hard without Eric Young healthy because Rhino and Joe Doring, they, they aren't X Division guys, and it would be weird. And Cody Diener has just fortunately been their fall guy, which is fine for the group, but it – doesn't leave you like a, a X division player that's you know warrant shot. Yeah, that that's true. Um, we should say uh, Willie Mack ends up knocking down Rhino, allowing Rich Swan to hit the four fifty on Rhino for the win. Um, yeah. Um, after this, we did get one of the more entertaining uh, Swingers Palaces. Um, this yeah, no had, doubt. This had everybody involved in it. Um, so we had, um, let's see, we've got, so first off, we have Hernandez and Alicia becoming an official team. They are Swingers Palaces representatives of the, for the homecoming uh, tag tournament, which is great because Swinger was yeah. trying to get involved and Alicia was just like, no, like, please put me with Hernandez. Right. Um, which right. I thought that was great. Um, then we had, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, um, who was it? Uh, Petey and Jordan in there as uh, Lil, uh, Lil Pump and Thick Mama Pump yeah, uh, yeah. doing some Steiner math on everybody. Um, we have Chelsea Green uh, and Matt Cardona, who are confused as hell as what's going on. Cardona uh, is like, hey, I don't want to redo our feud, Swinger. Just here to relax and have some fun with my uh, with my fiance. <laughs> and then we get W. Morrissey just walking in and just being like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, yeah. And the music stops. Everybody stops. Uh, and then he's just like, I just have a message for Alicia to tell your husband that uh, he's coming. Uh, he's going to come for him at the hardcore match at homecoming. 
and yeah, this this did a lot. It give, gives us a more rounded teams. I think we now know basically every team in this tournament except for two partners, uh, Deanna's partner and Brian Myers's partner. And we'll talk about Brian Myers in a second um, because he had a very good segment as well. Um, but also reminding us that, hey, there are other matches other than this tournament that's going to go on. We also have the hardcore match with Eddie Edwards and Morrissey, which should be fun. Uh, and we have, again, obviously, as we talked about earlier, the Black Tarus versus Josh Alexander match. So two good singles matches announced, plus an interesting concept of a, tag, a mixed tag tournament. Um, which I don't think they've said, like, if the winners get anything other than being crowned homecoming king and queen. So I don't know if it's going to be like, hey, you get like a title shot of anybody in from your division or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything on the line necessarily. So I, th- I think that'll yeah. allow that could win this thing. For- yeah. No yeah. That that is true. Um, we also had backstage at, uh, earlier in the show that I totally forgot to mention. We had Fire and Flava oh, uh, yeah. complaining about their loss and clearly showing dissension between them. Falaba comes in with uh, some flat, really fake flowers, uh, and just generally asks, uh, "Hey, do you want to go to homecoming with me?" Kira accepts, and Fala is like. I wasn't asking you. I was ask, asking Tasha. Tasha accepts uh, and then throws a lot of shade at Kira about how uh, Fala would never want to be with somebody who keeps on losing, uh, has made us lose our tag titles, made us lose our rematch. Uh, so you're clearly seeing the, the breaking point, it seems, between these two. Um, we also have our Brian Myers and Sam Beal segment. Uh, where uh, Brian Myers reveals that, hey, I know who I'm facing. We're facing the easiest team in the tournament, Rachel Ellering and Tommy Dreamer. Um, And while Rachel's good, she's not the most professional wrestler like me, and Tommy's old-school ECW, so Sam, we need to get somebody who can think like him. Uh, Let's get Beulah Beulah McGillicuddy. And uh, Sam says, uh, I couldn't do it. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, how about Francine? Let's call well, Francine. Well, no, they, they tried to call. Goes, oh, yes, got yes. The phone number of Beulah. And he starts reading out the phone number, and it's just the old hotline you see. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. I totally forgot about that. That was that great. killed me. I was like, that is pretty freaking hilarious. Brian Myers like, I called this 20 years ago when I was a kid. Of course it's not available. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was the second time that ECW had been mentioned. Uh, the other part, uh, Callus, when he was uh, going after uh, Dreamer, uh, and Dreamer laid out what was going on for Kenny's uh, title, uh, he said, this is the type of business that got your old EC uh, extreme guys uh, bankrupt. Why don't you call up your, your old buddy Paul, and how, how about you guys bankrupt another company? Yeah. Which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was throwing a lot of shade at Tommy Dreamer there. Your garbage wrestling, and he just goes, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah." Um, so yeah, then they call Francine and they do a video chat, and <laughs> Francine's like, I, "I, I know I'm not your first choice, so why would I want to be? Uh, why would I want to uh, do this with you?" 
he's like, oh, how do you know I'm not your first choice? And then she runs down all the people he said, and he's like, wait, are you watching this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was great. Breaking the third uh, wall there, which is pretty yeah. fun. Uh, and then uh, Sam says that uh, he's gonna he's gonna make this right. He is gonna get somebody for uh, for Brian that fits the bill. Yeah. So probably ODB. Honestly, <laughs> yes, ODB. But um, the ECW legend herself. Yes. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was being. I thought this was a no, promo. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um. Also, Francine is in her ring gear. Yeah, apparently. Call on the video FaceTime. Like, isn't she just like home? Does she just walk around in a bra at her house? Yes. Yes, Angela. That is what that is what's implying, I guess. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Um, and then the other big thing that happened backstage tonight that uh, I think we should go, go into is Sue Young is back, and we also got what Kimber is, and uh, <laughs> Kimber is like a Kimber Young. Kimber Young, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that should be interesting. I don't know how long that will last, but it's automatically a credible tag team because yeah. Young's back. I think that so. being yet is enough to just give them the number one contendership. <laughs> That's a hundred percent fair. Yeah. Um, to go back a step, so we we just talked about Rachel Ellering is now in this um homecoming tournament with Tommy Dreamer, and the brackets haven't been laid out yet. And you know, for the past couple of months, we've kind of been between Jordan and Rachel. Yes. And it seems like they just, you know, went a swift left turn with this. And now Jordan's in a gimmicky homecoming, you know, mixed tag with little Petey Pump himself. What are the odds that they face each other in, let's say, like the semis or the finals here? All right. So uh, since you pointed that out, uh, they do have the brackets up on Twitter. Oh, Uh, They put it up last night. Oh, they did? Okay, okay. Yeah, so the matchups are Hernandez and Alicia versus... So I'll tell you right here. Uh, is this yeah. spoiled, or is this official impact? This is official impact. Well, can like, take... 18 hours ago. Okay, cool. Yep. So it's Hernandez and Alicia versus Deanna and Mystery Partner. Uh, Petey and Jordan versus Cardona and Chelsea. Uh, and then... Okay. On the opposite side of the bracket is Crazy Steve and Rosemary versus Fala and Tasha. And Dreamer and Rachel versus Brian Myers and Mystery Partner. So if Petey and Jordan were to go up against Rachel and Dreamer, it would be the main event or it would be the the finals. And I don't know if I, I can see Tommy Dreamer making winning two matches yeah you know okay that makes sense the only reason i saw it is like okay tommy dreamer could probably be the brian myers and mystery person especially if it's on like a francine or someone that hasn't wrestled in a while um but yeah to go to the finals that is a little tougher so yeah it was just a thought yeah um yeah i think it, it it would be a little more i guess like he he a bigger chance for that if you know Rosemary didn't have a title because I feel like they're gonna try to keep her strong at least because she's the only person on that side of the bracket that has a title and the other side is just loaded like Cardona and Chelsea like they Chelsea just came back yeah Petey and Jordan Petey's a favorite and yeah it's a goofy gimmick but like anything can happen. Um, 
Diana obviously like do you, or she's gonna probably look strong in this, I'd assume. And if they don't, it's probably gonna be the mystery partner's fault. And then Hernandez and Alicia exist. Yeah. Uh, Considering the last time we saw Hernandez in a wrestling match was a squash match against Moose. Um, don't know. Don't know how, how uh, exciting that match could be. Uh, if we should really give them a chance. Yeah, again, like, if there's nothing, if they don't announce anything that's like, you know, a, a title match on the line in the future, I think yeah. that, like, anyone really could win this. It, it could, yeah. stupid things could happen. It could push, you know, Hernandez and Alicia to the finals. You never know. Yeah, it, just to get like the trophy in Swingers Palace. Yeah, outside of the yeah, right, right, that would be pretty freaking hilarious, honestly. Um, but like outside of Diana being the women's champ, there's like no one that's like outwardly like stronger than the rest of the competition, and that's even debatable. Yeah. Diana, so. Yeah, because you still have Rachel and Jordan in there. Yeah, and even Chelsea, depending on how like how active she's going to be in Impact. Yeah. yeah uh, up she's gonna be but yeah that's, that's the idea there's, there's no team that's like screaming like oh this is this is the team there's no kenny omega in this tournament yes put it there yeah um yeah uh main event time it is chris sabin versus moose in their rematch from slam anniversary and this was really entertaining uh, yeah. oh before this right before this um eddie edwards cut a promo um just to Talk about what W. Morrissey said about his, uh, to Alicia in Swingers Palace uh, before Tommy Dreamer shows up for some reason wearing glasses um, and says, hey, you want to be in the – I know you don't like the Elite very much. Uh, how about in next week uh, you, uh, you join the six-man match? And he's like, sure, yeah, I- I'll do that. And he's like, cool, you can – Tag with uh, Kazarian and Sammy Callahan, and Eddie then seemed a little little hesitant, but uh, he he's doing it for the good of Impact. Um, yeah. So it's so weird to see Sammy Callahan as a babyface. Um, ah, yeah, he's a trainer. He's like he's like that monster, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but this is the second time now Dreamer has done that, where he's putting like a team together against the Elite that like they don't want a team together. Moose yes. and Saban, like tore each other apart. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I this mean, is going to lead to is Sammy turning heel again and feuding with uh, Eddie Edwards for another like seven months. Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I hope not. But <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so after this, we do get our main event is Moose versus Chris Saban. Again, really good match. These guys have really good chemistry. Um, and Moose ends up picking up the win with a really, really, really strong spear on Saban. Saban sells it like he just got broken in goddamn half. Um, Saban looks and, in the ring still. It's it's great to see it. I mean, like a nice tornado DDT, just good moves outside the ring uh, on the apron. Every, everything he was doing was excellent. I was really happy to see Chris Saban. Yeah, the crowd was really hot for this entire match. Yeah. Um and for a lot of the show they had they had their hot moments, but this was probably the hottest it got like the entire time. Um, and Moose picks up the win. Um, but it does seem 
Like there is some more bought bad blood between these guys as after the match, Saban delivers a crossbody and starts pounding away. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. We gotta start with Moose threw him out of the ring after the, the win. Eh, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it um, wasn't uh un yes. Yeah. Um this is a really good blood feud. I don't know where they go from like Obviously, they're gonna have like a no DQ match, but I'm a. I guess it's gonna be at either emergence or a random show because they're not just gonna be like, "Hey, we're gonna announce this the day of homecoming." Well, yeah, I guess it's it's hard to say how long they want to drag it out. And granted, you know, if if let's say next week this match they do their third match, it's no DQ, and someone wins, where does either person go? I couldn't even tell you. So they yeah, might drag this out for a while just because these guys are, you know big names on their roster and there's no direction for them after this just because it's so loaded at the front with all this new japan stuff yeah they also haven't announced who's going to be in that battle royal in two weeks so you could have them going at it in that match and cost each other a chance and there there's where your third your third match comes into it is like hey you guys like disrupted this match you cost each other a title shot we're gonna put you in a no DQ match at emergence. Absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I thought this was a, this right. was this was a really good ending to it. Um to the show. Um it wasn't the strongest episode of Impact, but it got it did a lot of storytelling, which I I liked and the match quality wasn't the greatest in the middle. But at the two ends of it, I th- like the beginning and the end, I thought were, were really strong. If that makes sense. No, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, there's a lot of hot moments. Well, like the big matches were at the beginning and the end. It, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. I really enjoyed the show through and through. I feel like a kid again. I'm just so excited about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I, I can say that the, this is probably the most... Um, like, obviously I wasn't like, I've said before that, like, I, I really just became a fan of wrestling in like 2013, 2014, like the lead up to or Yeah. 2014 where Brian, like the lead up to mania that year with Brian, uh, Batista and Orton. Uh, like I watched the, the rumble. That was like the first pay-per-view I watched. Um, and then. Everything from there is just kind of snowballed into it. Uh, got into like the indie stuff with Ring of Honor and following New Japan every so often, then AEW and now Impact. So like everything seems to be clicking together for like AEW, Impact, New Japan to some extent. Um, it, like and with everybody, like all these different independent or like non WWE promotions being like, hey, let's work together, just have fun, do whatever we want. Uh, it really feels like wrestling is for everyone again. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, and the CM Punk chants in my head are just getting louder and louder. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Um. Yeah. So th- this was this was uh, a thumbs up from me. Thumbs up for me. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got homecoming tomorrow. Uh, it is on Impact Plus, so it's not like a full pay per view. Um, but I don't know if I'm gonna. I'll probably watch highlights of it. I don't know if I'll watch the whole thing. I'll probably um, do. This. Yeah. But uh, we'll talk about it next week on the podcast. Um, 
Absolutely. But yeah, Once again, sure. shout out Green Man in the audience. He paid yeah, for yeah shout out Green Man. Good for him. Yeah, Green Man killing it. Um, also, as we're talking before we head on out of here, should point out uh, to subscribe to our podcast if you can um, on any of the different platforms that we're on. Also, follow us on YouTube uh, and Twitter. And if for any reason uh, you are part of the Reddit, like Squared Circle subreddit, um, they're doing their uh, census to like try to see like what the community likes. And for some reason or another, they listed us as a top podcast to listen to, um, like by name. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, so shout out the, the people that made that, uh, and yeah, hope to grow the audience a little bit more. Absolutely. That's uh, what we're all here for. Yeah. Uh, so as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week and stay safe.